Empire. Welcome to In the Clubhouse, a podcast about the Washington Nationals and Major League Baseball. And I'm your host, Richard. This episode is going to be jam-packed. I had a chance to talk to two reporters that cover the Toronto Blue Jays that will get us ready for the upcoming series, which starts on Tuesday. In the first half of the episode, I talk with TorontoStar.com Blue Jays beat reporter Mike Wilner. We talk about what is happening with the Blue Jays and what should national fans be watching during the series. In the second half of the episode, I sit down with Tyson, who is the co-editor and contributor at jaysjournal.com. During my talk with Tyson, we talk about the pitching matchups and what's going on with George Springer, who, has, who as of Sunday hasn't made his 2021 debut with the Blue Jays. So let's go into the clubhouse. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining with uh, joining the podcast today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I want to kick off our conversation with some general thoughts on this year's uh, Blue Jays. Us Nationals fans, you know, don't aren't living the day, day, day by day with a team like you are. Um, besides George Springer, you know, what were some of the key um, offseason moves that were made? Um, yeah, take us through some of the, you know, where, where we are with the Blue Jays. Well, George Springer, like you mentioned, is, was the big one, right? And and he will more than likely make his Blue Jays debut in the first game against the Nationals. Um, so Jays fans are finally going to get a look at him. They they you know it's it's been weird. Just you don't even think that he's on the team because he's he's been hurt since spring training. They also picked up Marcus Semien uh, for on a one year deal to play second base, and uh, Tyler Chatwood to be a high leverage late inning reliever and he just came off the injured list Robbie Ray and Steven Matz Ray came back as a free agent Matz a trade from the Mets they're both in the rotation and Matz will start Wednesday's game against Washington Um, and you know a very little uh, unheralded move they picked up Anthony Castro on waivers from the Tigers who'd had one major league out in his career and he has been phenomenal for them uh, part of part of the bullpen that leads the major leagues in ERA. That's really cool. I'm um, obviously Nationals fans are somewhat familiar with George Springer with his time with the um, Astros. Um, so I'm looking forward to you know some return for him. What do you think are some of the strengths of this year's uh, Blue Jays team, and what do you think are some of the weaknesses? Well, it's weird, you know, twenty games in or twenty one. Um, the, what wasn't supposed to be a strength has been a strength and, and the weaknesses weren't supposed to be weaknesses, but, uh, you know, this team can't hit at all or isn't hitting at all. Um, aside from Vladimir Guerrero jr. I mean, Bo Bichette was, was pretty hot, but he's hit a wall. Vlad's actually hitless in, uh, at least, a, I think three games now, but he's walked in two of them. So he's reached base in every game, but one all season, but nobody else is hitting, um, at, at all. I mean, Semyon's hitting under 200. 
Kevin Biggio's hitting under 200. Lourdes Gurriel's hitting under 200. Um, Danny Jansen has two hits all season. Um, so, you know, I, I, I said more than once this spring that I think the Blue Jays will lead the American League in runs scored. Um, they've been terrible offensively as a group. It's, it, they're, and they are a 500 team basically at 10 and 11 on the strength of their pitching and that bullpen that leads the major leagues in ERA and, you know, uh, Steven Matz and Robbie Ray with these huge question marks and they've been phenomenal. Uh, and Hyunjin Ryu has been Hyunjin Ryu. So really this was a team that was supposed to be able to out hit its pitching and the start of the season has been the exact opposite. Um, what do you think are um, some of your observations about the current state of the Blue Jays? They just came off at, uh, you know, a win, a series win against Tampa, um, you know, obviously going into a quick series um, at their, you know, I'm putting home uh, in quotes because uh, they're playing in Florida, not Toronto. But, you know, what is the what's the vibe like? I mean, it's it's tough to say without being around them every day, you know, mm-hmm. as, as someone who um, is used to being at the ballpark every day for 20 years. Um, it, it's tough to get a read on them um, and to, and to know what's going on because now even more, more than ever before they can only um, or they're able to only show us what they want to show us. Um, but I'm sure it's frustrating. I'm sure things aren't going the way they hoped they would go. It's great to get a series win at the Trop against Tampa Bay, which is a you know a huge rival for the Blue Jays, and the Tropicana Field's just been a horrible place for them to play over the years. But you know, in the, the, the two wins, they didn't get any hits. They scored in three innings in the entire series, so that's you know awful. Um, and uh, or sorry, four innings because they did get a tack on run Friday night. But, uh, but nobody's hitting, um, and you could see it Saturday night in the game that they lost. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. came up as the tying run with two out in the ninth inning and was just swinging out of his shoes trying to be the hero so hard, uh, and we hadn't seen that from him all season. So that's frustrating. The infield defense has been extraordinarily frustrating. Um, it's amazing that Guerrero can still walk with the, you know, the amount of time he's had to do the splits to – save throws and pick so many balls out of the dirt. His infielders are just absolutely wearing him out. Um, And for Sunday afternoon's game, the Jays did a total overhaul of the infield defense. It had been Semyon at second, Bichette at short, Biggio at third. That's the way it worked. But given, you know, given the fact that almost nobody can get a throw to Guerrero on the fly all season um, on Sunday, they put Joe panic at second and, Semyon played short and Santiago Espinal played third and they were great. So um, that's, you know, that's frustrating too. And those Semyon and Bichette and, and Biggio will be back in the infield on Tuesday. Uh, again, hoping that, that things can turn around, but um, really it feels like the vibe around this team is why isn't anybody hitting and how much longer can they go expecting the pitching to be close to perfect and operating with no margin of error. And we all know they're going to hit. This is a group that that's going to hit, but I mean, let's go, let's go already. I think that's, that's what the vibe is. 
Um, do you think with the addition of Springer coming into, you know, starting his season with the, you know, the Blue Jays is going to have that injection of, you know, p- power, you know, maybe take a little bit off, you know, the, the spotlight off of the other players so they can really like develop into a rhythm and people can really like start to focus and really get those hits that, you know, might be, ne- you know, that are necessary to win g- games in the long run. Can't hurt. Right. Um but, but to expect George Springer after having not played for a month to come in and all of a sudden be the savior of the offense is, is a stretch, right? That's not going to happen. I mean, he, might, he might get three hits on Tuesday night, right? But he's, you would think he's likelier to start two for 17 than he is to start 10 for 17 um, just because he's, you know, again, hasn't played in more than a month. So, I mean, if anybody could ever figure out the formula – as much as people try um, to think when a guy's going to get hot, when a guy's going to cool down, then they would, they'd be a billionaire overnight. No one knows when streaks start, why and why they end. And, you know, guys are going to come out of it and, and who knows when. Um, but, uh, but adding another good hitter absolutely can't hurt. Um, do you think that um, it's like the environment? I know maybe Toronto, you know, the, you know, it's a little bit different than, than Florida in terms of like the ballpark. I mean, like, do you feel like those little, like those little things make a big difference? They didn't play a game in Toronto last year, right? And they made the playoffs. So mm-hmm. they even played their home opener in Washington last year. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, there's nothing you can do about it. So there, you know, and I, honestly, I think playing in an A ball stadium has more of a detrimental effect on the visiting team than it does on the blue Jays. They're used to it. They play spring training there. A lot of them live around there. Um, yeah. It's not a big league ballpark. There's no upper deck. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's a fact of life that unfortunately of all the awful things that have happened in the world over the last two years, it's really not that big a deal. But when a visiting team comes in, and we saw this with the Yankees in Buffalo last year, um, you know, it, it can take them a while to get their bearings. And they look around and say, you know, what, what the hell is this? And um, we don't have all the amenities that we're used to. And, and uh, so it can kind of knock them off their stride for a day or two. And by the time they uh, gather themselves, they're already on their way out of town. So um, I think that is going to wind up being a help for the Blue Jays more than it hurts for sure. Interesting. Um, so the Nationals have already announced their uh, two starters for the series. Uh, first, you're going to be going up against um, our ace, Max Scherzer, and then um, Eric Fetty on Wednesday. Um, obviously, um, like, what do you think the approach is going to be, uh, you know, going up against Max Scherzer, who, you know, has, you know, that, you know, still has that Hall of Fame stuff. Um, just, you know, pass Mike Messina on the all-time strike list. And then, you know, counter that with, you know, you, you just mentioned that, you know, the offense kind of struggling. Uh, so, like, what do you think are going to be some of the approaches that, you know, the, bitter, the batters are going to be, like, focusing on the next couple for at least Tuesday? Hopefully it's just see ball, hit ball, because I don't think there's anything else they can do. I mean, they, they've, uh, you know, they face Tyler Glass now earlier this weekend. He's one of the best in the business. Scherzer's one of the best in the business. Nobody's hitting. So, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to go up there and you're going to try to pick one out, hit it hard and hope good things happen. Um, and, and, you know, you can't, uh, 
you can't psych yourself up for a Scherzer um, because, I mean, you're not hitting anybody right now. Mm-hmm. So, so you got to just, uh, I mean, and very often, I hate to say it, but when, when a team is struggling this badly and comes up, goes up against someone who should really just shove for nine innings, they knock him out in the fourth. So, you know, we'll see if that happens. They've, they faced Scherzer before, but certainly not this crew. Um, and, uh, and I think back to the, uh, um, the nap game, uh, which we, we call it here, the nap game, which was a, a, a double header that they played against Washington in 2015. Uh, and it turned the season around. I think they, they got shut out in the first game. I, and I think Scherzer pitched the nightcap. Don't quote me on this. You might want to look it up when we're done. Okay. But I believe um, they, they played the first game. They got shut out. They went back in the clubhouse, turned the lights off. Everybody just took a nap. <laughs> and then they came out in the second game. And I believe Scherzer pitched. Kevin Pillar hit two home runs off of them. They won. And that was, that was one of the big keys of 2015, getting them back in the race. Um, let's talk a little bit about the pitching situation. Um, you mentioned that kind of being a strength. Uh, you have uh, Nate Peterson, Ross uh, Shipling, and also former Washington Nationals pitcher Tanner Roark out. Um, so who do you think the Blue Jays are going to be sending out uh, to face the Nationals? And like, where do you kind of feel the, do you feel like the bullpen is going to be uh, really taxed and heavy relied on heavy moving forward? Yeah, it is. Uh, first of all, Nate Pearson, um, and it's a name you should get to know because he is one of the top young right-handed pitches in the game. And he'll, he'll probably still be out another month. I expect Roark to be back by Tuesday. Um, he's been on family emergency leave. He's not hurt. They, we don't know what's going on. And frankly, it's none of our business, but um, I, I think Tuesday will be five days. So he'll probably be back. Uh, and he may get some innings in Tuesday night's game if he is. Um Trent Thornton is going to start on Tuesday as an opener. Mm. Uh, and probably last time out, he only went two. So he'll go two or three maybe, and could be followed by Tommy Malone, uh, could be followed by Roark. Um, they won't say, they say they don't want Washington to know. And Steven Matz is going to pitch on Wednesday. So Matz has been really, really good. And, uh, you know, it's weird to say for a guy who had an ERA over nine last year, but I can, I expect him to continue to be good. And as an NL East guy, I'm sure he's very, very familiar with yeah. what they do in Washington. Um, so hopefully he'll be able to go six and there won't be that big a bullpen load, but uh, I, you know, Tuesday's a bullpen day that Thornton's going to start. And with uh, the blue Jays bullpen, having pitched five and a third innings on Sunday, uh, they really need the Monday off day because they're going to be asking for a lot. So it would, wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of Tommy Malone, Roark if he's back, Joel Piamps, Anthony Castro. Uh, those would be the leading lights, I think, to, to get the bulk of the work on Tuesday before Matt's pitches on Wednesday. Again. Hey, Tyson, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Okay, uh, so I want to k- kick off our conversation um, 
just kind of give uh, Nats fans a little bit of background on what's going on with George Springer. Um, do you think that he's going to make his regular season uh, and excuse me, regular season debut uh, this, this series? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so George Springer was one of the biggest signings in franchise history, obviously, uh, for those who aren't aware. Um, five-year deal, $150 million. And to begin the season, he was uh, on the injured list and actually uh, was going to be joining the team and then actually had a setback in that injury with a, a separate injury in his quad. So over the past week, he's kind of been ramping up his activities. And this past weekend, he uh, participated in the alternate site. They played a, they played a game against the, another team. I believe it was the Marlins and, or at least he was, he, he was at least active. He was playing center field and he's, he's very near his return. Um, it hasn't been officially announced by the team, nor any of the other, the other Toronto Blue Jays beat writers, but they are predicting he's going to make his debut on Tuesday. And if not Tuesday, most likely Wednesday, one of the two days. So will it be at center field? It's not at hundred percent guarantee. It could be, you know, we designated hitter. They might not, they might not rush him straight in. It kind of, you could tell it's probably more or less on how he's feeling, but there is, there's a high possibility slash probability that he is potentially going to going to join the team Tuesday versus the nationals. We're, nationals are very familiar with George Springer, so we're ready to go whenever he comes. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that um, from a fan standpoint, like this was a good acquisition for, I mean, it's hard to even say at this point, but, you know, definitely with your offense kind of having that um, inconsistency and, you know, defense uh, becoming a concern, like, do you feel like his addition is going to kind of get that jolt that they the, the Blue Jays might need to, you know, get over this hump yeah for sure because um i think when you when you look at george springer he brings he brings a lot to the table in terms not just offensively but defensively as well right um the blue jays besides springer have dealt with a lot of injuries uh more so with their pitching with their starting pitching and their relief pitching but their pitching overall has been doing quite well but it's the bats that have been kind of kind of floundering for example you know danny jansen has like a 0.69 era or average sorry and there's quite a few regular players like Marca, Marca Semien and, and uh, Kevin Biggio who are hitting below the Mendoza line. But then at the flip side, you have someone like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette who are both, you know, p- performing pretty well in the batter's box, right? And so I think what have with, with George Springer returning, you get kind of that top of the top of the order addition that can really provide the spark, whether it be, you know, stealing bases, whether it be, you know, extra base hits or just getting an guys on base because you know in the over the past couple of weeks Marcus Semyon was in the leadoff spot and he just wasn't performing well in that role but they moved Kevin Vigio back to that spot now and he's he's kind of starting to get his rhythm back kind of showing more of what we saw from him last season and back in 2019 as well so I think having George Springer back on the top of the lineup is just going to be that extra spark that's going to hopefully put more put more runs on the board because Blue Jays, you know, today, for example, the Blue Jays won one nothing. And it's just recently they've been, they've been having trouble scoring outside of just like one particular inning, you know, in the first inning they got to, you know, Tyler Glass now, and they didn't really kind of put on the pressure after that. Same thing the other day there, uh, they just had one solid inning and then ended up losing the game later. So having him back is going to be a, a pretty big, a pretty big asset. Um, so, 
you're the Blue Jays are also without one of the other uh, star hitters, um, Hernandez, for a couple of weeks. Um, I just kind of want to know, like, what are what are what are fans saying? Um, you know, what are what are the players saying in terms of just like trying to get over this hump of like inconsistent baseball? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Hernandez, um, he was on the he was diagnosed with COVID nineteen, so he was on the. At first, he was on the COVID-19 list, and then he got put on the 10-day list. And he's actually tested negative. So he's starting to ramp up his baseball activity. So there is the potential that he could return as well during this series. Um, it's not, again, it's not a guarantee or anything. It's more kind of just speculation at this point. Um, from what I've been seeing kind of on social media through the other beat writers is more that he might take a couple more days to kind of ramp up and get going again. So maybe he maybe he'll get activated and pinch hit or maybe he might be just designated here. So he might return, but it's more, I think kind of with the blue Jays right now, while the hitting, I think more or less fans and players know that this team can hit. It's pretty, pretty obvious given their past history and kind of what they can do and how they perform. You know, the, the blue Jays over the past five years kind of went through that rebuilding phase. That was, that was tough to watch, but now you're seeing these prospects start to hit well. Where, you know, Danny, for example, I mentioned Danny Jansen has, you know, a pretty, pretty rough average to look at. But today he was hitting balls that were, you know, he had a line drive that was 105 off the bat. So you can tell things are coming. It's just almost like something's just not clicking. So you're hoping Mm -hmm. maybe with this acquisition or or sorry, with this addition of Springer and Hernandez that you could start to get back into that groove where you have these regular players playing all the time. Maybe you can start getting a batting order that's, you know, set more or less than just jumping around with, you know, Kevin Biggio coming back up now and Marcus Semien going further down. But more or less, while their addition is going to help the batting order, it's it's more or less the defense. It's a bit of a kind of a concern right now. The the left side of the diamonds really, really struggled as of late. So having him back maybe hopefully kind of sets the tone so that way the batting, we can worry a little bit more on the defensive side and then have the bats kind of ramp up as they go because – in all, in all honesty, this team will hit. It's just more or less when are they going to hit with consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, for Nationals fans that are listening, um, obviously we don't like, you know, we're not into the day-to-day uh, moves of, you know, the Blue Jays, what's going on. Like if you had to describe the team, um, mm-hmm. how, like, how would you describe it for Nationals fans? Yeah, for sure. Uh, overall, what you're going to see is a young team that, that pretty much just fights for every out and fights for every on base. They, you know, they've tried to do different things, whether it be stealing bases and, you know, just trying to gain runs anytime they can. So from, from the pitching aspect, you're going to be facing a pretty tough bullpen. Um, Our ERA is in one of the top five in all the MLB right now with a lot of emphasis being on how our bullpen's performing lately. Mm -hmm. Um, For the series upcoming, you're going to be facing Steven Matz, who's won four games already this season and has been pretty pitching lights out. But as of right now, we don't know who the other pitcher is going to be for that game. So it's a bit of a toss up who who you'll be seeing. But in terms of overall, uh, you're going to also be seeing a team that's had some pretty shaky defense Um, when it comes to the left side of the diamond. We've we've had quite a few errors from our younger players. So you might see some lineups change. You might see some players coming in. So it's going to be a bit of a toss up of it. It's not so much going to be a normal team per se, but it's more or less, you're going to be seeing a team that's 
that's young and feisty and also trying to figure some stuff out that's that's kind of hindering them when it comes to keeping runs off the board hmm. so um so the nationals have already um announced their lineup uh, uh there's their, excuse me their starters for the series um, so the first game, they're going to be sending um, our ace Max Scherzer to the mound and then Aaron mm-hmm. Fetty on Wednesday. Um, do you think that, like, the Blue Jays can counter the Nats pitching, especially on Tuesday with, um, you know, grind them at bats, getting getting Scherzer's bull, uh, pitch count up high early and then getting to the Nationals' uh, bullpen early? I think they can. Um, they just kind of have to come in with the mindset. You know, Scherzer obviously has the pedigree behind him and everyone knows that he can perform perform pretty well and that's you know that's not that's not a secret by any means mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> it's more the blue jays you know personally i find that the blue jays perform well when they you know some players attack some players wait but usually a lot of times the blue jays perform well when they grind out those at bats so you know they're they go deeper into counts they you know they aren't afraid to you know let the ball come to them, take a strike, look, you know, see the pitch coming in with Scherzer, you know, you're obviously going to have to be a little bit more careful because of, you know, how he attacks hitters and how he gets, you know, how, how he's been around. He knows, he knows the game and he knows how to prepare for the blue Jays. So it'll be a bit of a toss up. I think the, it's on one side. I think the blue Jays can, can counteract, can counteract the Washington nationals pitching staff and that, you know, if they play stick to their game plan and they watch, you know, they watch their pitches, they don't, swing at the first thing they see you know you know drive up that pitch count like you were saying i think they can but at the same time they also have struck struggle with the strikeouts with with some top pitchers with you know pitchers with velocity pitchers that exploit their weaknesses so it's it's really going to be a test to see if they can do it but at the same time i think they do have the ability if if they're sticking to their game plan um, I just want to know how is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. playing this year um, so far? Was has he been able to carry over some of the success um, that the league saw for him last year? Yeah, he's uh, he's been playing pretty lights out. He um, for the first I think it was eighteen or nineteen games uh, he was on base every game. Oh, no, sorry, seventeen or eighteen games. He had he had reached base every game coming into the uh, the series against the Tampa Bay Rays, and then he. He unfortunately didn't make base the other day, so that streak ended. But he he's been he's been lights out. His OPS was over a thousand. He's hitting the ball hard. He's not hitting, you know, home run after home run after home run, but he's hitting singles, he's hitting the doubles, he's hitting, you know, the RBIs, he's hitting the clutch hits that we need. So he, you know, it's pretty well documented over the over this offseason that he lost a lot of weight and that really kind of carried into, you know, his mechanics. He's a lot of you'll see a lot of Blue Jays fans and a lot of Blue Jays broadcasters and sports media media kind of say that he's playing like he's having a lot more fun, mm-hmm. right? The the you know he came in with so much prestige, being the top you know prospect in all of baseball, and when he didn't live up to those expectations, a lot of people really rallied down on him, and you can kind of see now that that pressure is kind of mounting off because for one he's performing well now, and then secondly it's. He just looks like he's having fun out there. He's playing first base now. He used to be a third baseman, but he's he's really wore well fit for that first base role. He's stretching. He's he's making the plays that you're expecting, and he, he just overall looks like he's having a much more fun time. And that transcends over to how he's performing in the batter's box. And he's 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 just carrying not carrying the team, but he's he was one of the standouts by far. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the storylines that you're going to be really focusing on? 
for this uh, for this two game series. For sure. Uh, so the one game, uh, the opening game, one of the storylines is going to be who the Blue Jays are going to have sent to the mound. Mm-hmm. Um, as of right now, the five day because for a little bit of backstory, I won't go too much in depth. Basically, our starter that was going to be pitching five days ago went on the injured list. And TJ Zoik, he, and then we also have a couple of starting pitchers who are on the injured list, but could possibly return as well as we have some bullpen death who are guys that are worse starting pitchers, but are in the bullpen. So it'll be interesting to see who they're going to send to the mound. Or if they're going to send prospect Anthony K, or they're going to send Trent Thornton. We have, you know, or Tanner Rorick who hasn't performed well as a starter as of late, but he unfortunately is on the medical emergency list for a family member. So it's, you know, we don't know if he's going to be back by then. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's kind of up in the air. So it's going to be something to definitely that we're going to be watching. And then as well as we kind of talked about it earlier already with Hernandez and Springer and seeing first off, if they're going to be playing and then secondly, how they're going to play. And then third is whose spot they're going to take on the roster. Um, because the Blue Jays have a pretty crowded outfield already and adding them to the mix. We already know that there's going to be one player, Jonathan Davis, he's most likely going coming off, but then someone else has to come off. And that's kind of, from my point of view, is it going to be a little bit interesting to see what they're going to do, especially since if you're going to take a bullpen pitcher out, our bullpen's been playing pretty well. Who are you going to subtract? So who do you think they're going to subtract well, like I said, if we were to add those two players back, uh, Jonathan Davis is going to be the one. Mm-hmm. And then I would imagine that they are going to send probably, we have a one player in the bullpen. His name's Ty Tice. He's a prospect relief pitcher. He's, he's pitched pretty well, but he's got options. So it's mm-hmm. most likely going to be him just numbers based, right? Like, he, what can you do? We have, I would, I would think it would be him if I was a, if I was a betting man, that would, that's right. I would put my money. Unfortunate, right? But he, it's, that's just how the game works. Um, from a from a Toronto Blue Jays uh, looking into the Nationals, what what type of storylines are you gonna, uh, trying to be uh, focusing on for the Nationals? Uh, for, for sure. So for one, uh, it's going to be how Scherzer performs. Most like mostly because um, I've actually written I've actually written some articles about how the Blue Jays should pursue Scherzer this this year because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season uh-huh. and then the nationals you know it's obviously early you can't predict what's going to happen but if the nationals let's say fall out a playoff contention around the trade deadline would they consider selling selling assets right mm-hmm. and i know scherzer has his 10 and 5 right so it makes things all a lot more complicated but it's more you know in that sense would he be able to wait would he waive his rights for the blue jays if they were in a playoff contention and if they did um would what do you consider coming? You know what I mean? And then what would that trade scenario look like? So it would be something to, something to kind of look at, especially if we're going to be facing him. Um, I think another thing too, I was, I was kind of excited to see was, I was, I was hoping to see Juan Soto play against the, the blue Jays mm-hmm. there, but I, I know he's on the injured list right now. I, I'm not too sure when he's going to be returning. I don't know if he'll be available for the series. Yeah, I don't. But that was kind of one angle that I was hoping to see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, Juan Soto is out for quite a... I think he was hitting off the tee 
Uh, oh, okay. There were some reports of that. So I don't think that you're going to see him on this series, but definitely mm-hmm. in August when we, when you guys come down to uh, DC. How has yeah. it been? How has it been like covering the team? Um, not in Toronto, but you know, obviously in Florida. I mean, it, you you do what you can, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's in terms of ball games, the ball game's still on at the same time every night. You know, it's uh-huh. not like, for example, they're not out in California and the game starts at you know seven o'clock their time and it's ten o'clock over here. So, mm-hmm. in terms of covering, it's it's a little bit different. You know, COVID has obviously made things really you know really difficult for Blue Jays fans to watch games because there's no there's no indication when Toronto is going to come back to, to Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no indication when they're going to be coming back and there's no, there's so many, diff, you know, determining factors. Um, so it'll be interesting. It's more, it's, it's kind of more interesting to see what they're going to do after their third homestand, because it's most likely that they're going to come back up to Buffalo, which, mm. you know, Toronto fans can kind of understand. And because that's where we, we spent last season. Right. But, you know, it's a little bit different considering, where they are now, but at least they have, they have a new stadium down there in TD ballpark. So it's pretty interesting to watch and you, you just do what you can. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, this, these two years have just been insane. Um, you know, watching teams and having them deal with all the extra COVID yeah. stuff. Uh, hopefully one day we'll be back uh, to normal. Um, I just want to kind of get your observations about the current state of the team. Um, they are just <laughs> coming off a win against Tampa um you know they i think i'm correct me if i'm wrong they played pretty well against boston am i am i hitting the series yeah the series yeah Yeah, okay um you know the 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 al east is being really you know surprising that you know boston is at top of it um you know the yankees are kind of struggling so you know what like what is your like what's your observations it'll be interesting because the al east every year is, is usually a dogfight just because of how, you know, the Yankees are, are the Yankees and the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Rays were, you know, they're the team that figures out how to win with the, with what they have. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Baltimore Orioles who, you know, they, they're, they're rebuilding and they're, they're getting better and they, you know, they have some dangerous players. They can, they can beat you fair and square. And then the Red Sox, you know, they're, a lot of emphasis was on how their pitching staff is going to perform, but you know, they have some, they have some good players. They have, you know, Alexander Bogarts, JD Martinez, they have, they have players that can make you pay for mistakes. Right. And so the fact that the Red Sox are performing well, the Rays are, you know, up there as well, you know, even the Orioles aren't far behind. And then the, the fact that the Yankees are struggling, you know, it, it puts an emphasis that the fact that, yeah, the Yankees are struggling, but at the same time, they're the Yankees they usually figure it out (laughs) whether it be they trade someone, you know, or Gio or Shella comes and plays out of nowhere and is an all-star now. Right. It's Mm -hmm. they, they figure it out. And so I would be hard pressed to think that the Yankees are going to stay at the bottom of the standings. I I would be very hard pressed to see them stay there for long. Right. It's only the season's only three weeks old. Right. So I think, I I think the AL East is going to be super interesting to watch. There is honestly the potential that the wild card, the wild card series could be two te- AL East teams. Uh, like, you know, and obviously that's a very far prediction and there's a long way to go in this season. But, you know, the, the Blue Jays could be fighting for a spot when we get some of our players back here. The, the Red Sox are performing well. Could they, can they keep it up? You know what I mean? The Tampa Bay Rays, same thing. They're playing well. Can they, you know, can they keep it up? And then if the Yankees rebounds, you're just going to have, 
you're just going to have a battle to the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays are only three games um, out of uh, first place. And then you, 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 after the Nationals, you're playing the Braves and then the Athletics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that definitely easy ground to, you know, make up moving forward. Yeah, it'll be it'll, it'll be interesting because it's not we're not playing anyone in our division for a bit. So usually, you know, that can kind of help help the Blue Jays move forward. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if they can go on a streak here and win, you know, five out of the next seven, it sets you up good when you come back and you return to play the your your rivals in the division again, right? Because if you can, those are the games that I find that are most important because those are the ones that have the bigger consequences if you of lose course. them in the, in the end, right? As much as as much as we say the first couple of weeks of April are teams figuring it out at the same time, a loss in April counts the same as a loss in September and losing to the Red Sox in that two game series. If you lose one game back of the Red Sox, it's like, well, there's your, there, there was your chance, right? Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm very excited, especially since the, you know, they're going to, the, the, the schedule they have moving forward here, it's going to be interesting to see how they can hopefully pull it together and, and get together, you know, a string of wins. Yeah, I'm really excited about this series. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, Tyson, thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon to talk. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, maybe we'll talk in, uh, in August when the Nationals and the Tampa uh, the Blue Jays play again. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It was a great time. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.